0: Blog Talk Radio
1: I would pass to
2: Steph
3: Oh, last week we started off shaking the Monday morning blues with uh, a nice little segment with our doctor, pastor, Cynthia Boom, And we talked about praying for my husband's integrity. Ooh, I don't know if you've ever heard Pastor Cynthia Boom before. But she is one of the wisest women I have ever, ever, ever been blessed to meet. And oh my goodness, did she lay it down for us last week when she talked about keeping your word, keeping your promises, the integrity. When you're talking about keeping your word, oh my goodness. You know, your word means nothing. The word means nothing if you're constantly changing it, if you're constantly breaking it, after you're constantly mixing it all up and confusing people. No, that's not integrity. Uh, here's another one that I loved. We talked about integrity in paying your ads. Oh, my goodness. And you just don't think about... Paying your tithes and integrity. Generally, you don't put those two in the same sentence. But oh my goodness, the way she laid it down for us. Oh my goodness gracious. We also talked about your integrity when you're working. Yes. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people, are challenged with this particular area. Because, you know, are you going in late all the time? Are you calling out all the time? You know, when you're on your job, are you doing the job you were hired to do with the level of, of pride? And, and I don't mean it in the negative sense. Meaning are you, you know, happy and really putting your best foot forward and you're, you know, proud of what you're doing? You know, knowing that God put you there. Not that nasty part. No, not that. Because we're talking about integrity. So we sure we can't mix those two two up. But man, oh man, oh man. She just brought a brand new level of integrity to me. I don't know about the rest of you, but she really, really, really did her thing um, that week. Okay? All righty. Well, we could not have a finish of a Monday morning without the switch tip with Shantice. And last week's tip was don't bond over trauma. And I tell you, when Shantice came up with this one, I immediately started thinking of a million ways you can bond over trauma you know some people you know they have this this uh today's thought today's thought they have this thing where they call like um it's like like a saving or savior syndrome and that's when you know like a uh a, a, let's say a, an EMT officer um you know saves a person let's say a person's life or maybe you know, being, they had a heart attack or something, and when they woke up, you know, that was the first place they saw, first face they saw. And they fall in love with the person because that person, you know, was the one who, quote-unquote, saved their life. And they say it's not healthy because, you know, that connection is, you know, a, a, a connection of gratitude, but surely not. You know, one that, you know, you want to love and marry and things like that. Now, far be it for me to say, you know, how God is going to send your husband or wife. But, you know, in general, you know, that's not a good way to bond. So, that's just one of the things that came up in my head this morning when we talk about don't bond over trauma. Okay? Well. Let's talk about a Tuesday church folk. They Rolled around and we talked about that integrity. That Mary texted nine one dispatcher who had that overnight job and ended up being suspended because not only was she sexting seven of you know officers, but she was like involved in an affair with at least two of them and our husband ratted her out honey yes he did ratted her out to the boss and now the boss wants to see if uh they were doing the do or texting sexting on her chef well you know she was come on stop it Stop it, stop it, stop it. Let's say I need to go and find evidence because, you know, there's only eight hours in a shift or 12 hours. And overnight, the prime opportunity to do what you need to do on the side. And, you know, we we also talked about that integrity level of that California doctor who tried to poison her husband with Drano. Mm. A brand new tea mixture. Yeah, 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 yeah. A brand new tea mixture. And uh, which took us to the conversation of uh what are some of the things that our church folk have done and uh needed to uh get that phone call there. Uh uh, 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 uh. Don't you do that. Yeah. Well, you need to go back and listen because we had some so raised. Leave it to our pastors to always have the best stories. Okay? All right. Well, Wednesday. Wow. Wednesday rolled around. We started off with our girlfriend, Vivian. And Vivian talked about that 78-year-old woman who robbed a bank in Missouri. And uh, she had $13,000 that she requested in small bills after banging on that counter and letting them know that she was for real about that thing. Yes. Well, she did go back and apologize in a no way. Well, at least she passed a note apologizing. Now, you know, everybody don't do that. They don't rob you and then go back and ask for your forgiveness. Uh, but, you know, she's from the old school, so what do you expect? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you're going to have to go back and listen to the ladies and what they had to say on Wednesday's episode. Well, Thursday, Thursday, Thursday rolled around, and we got to talking about the church again as this woman uh, was set up by uh, five, at least five men as a human sacrifice. During a church service Now Talk about integrity Oh goodness gracious That went straight down the drain And You know We ended off veering Into the conversation with our due time crew About you know The conversations that we have With you know God's people and an and angry An angry individual That uh you have to witness to. Ooh, baby, is that a challenge? All righty. Well, that made for an excellent conversation on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Well, Friday, Freestyle Friday rolled around, and it was time to talk to our men. And we got to talking about what? Ways to be useful to God. Now, I got to tell you, the men took it out. Out on Friday Yes they did Yes they did They really sent us out Into the weekend with a bang Yes And uh, We just Want to give you Just a little snapshot uh, Of what they talked about Oh Let's see They talked about Passing it on. Yes. Passing on the Word of God. You know, we can't have the Word of God all to ourselves and not share it with someone else. Absolutely. All right. What about avoiding distractions? Ooh, that one was a good one. Good one. Good one. Good. And keeping the rules. Oh, I tell you, they did their thing on Friday. I was so proud to uh, be with them. And I so enjoyed our conversation. Nice way to end the week. That's how we spent our week last week. Alright? So, uh, uh, go back and listen. You are guaranteed to get a treat. Alright? Well, today we Oh, shaking the Monday morning blues all over again. Yes! Can you believe we're at the top of the week already? Uh, Monday, April 17th. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yes. And um, giving God thanks for bringing us safely through another week. Another weekend, and here we are at the top all over again, okay? Well, we got a treat this morning. We have been ringing in Monday mornings like with a big gong. Gong, gong, gong. Yes, God has really been blessing us week by week by week. We have a fantastic couple Coming your way this morning, long time overdue, I might say. Yes, yes, yes. We've been talking for a couple years about getting them on, but you know what? God's timing is always perfect. So go ahead and get that healthy breakfast because we got some things to talk about right before you know this goes down. Oh, uh, go tell somebody that it's due time. With Pastor Steph, it's on. And whatever you do, go nowhere, we'll be right
2: back. Nearly every hour of every day, one person will lose their life to oral cancer. This year alone, more than 34,000 Americans will be diagnosed. Only half will still be alive in five years. Oral cancer is more common than leukemia and kills more people each year than cervical or skin cancer. Tragically, many victims don't even know they're in danger. So, tobacco and alcohol increase
1: risk, 25% of those diagnosed have no risk factors. Scientists are learning more about this disease and developing new ways to treat it. But what can you do now to stop the silent killer? Early detection. A quick, painless, oral cancer screening takes less than five minutes and can save your life. For more information, contact your dentist or visit DeltaDentalNJ.com today.
3: Good morning and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And we are shaking the Monday Morning news. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Okay. And I am so grateful to God to be on this side of the grave. And I'm celebrating that I'm with you this morning and you're with me and at that oral cancer screening. You know, that was like a little alarming. Every hour in the day? Wow. Something to think about. Okay. So uh, talking of speaking of our health Oh, let's get this party started. I got a tip this morning for you. And we're talking about what? Good old Vaseline.
2: Yes,
3: man, oh man, oh man. I got to tell you, I grew up on Vaseline. My mother to the day God closed to her eyes, boy, she be shining. <laughs> With her vaseline, yes, her vaseline, and um <laughs> there are many health uses for vaseline, yes, that I don't know if some of you knew anything about. well, one of the things they say vaseline is good for help heal the cuts, the scrapes, and the burns. Well we knew that one that's straight old school, okay. They say that if you are cut up, scraped up, or burnt up, you can use Vaseline to spread on that bruise or that cut or scrape. And, you know, you don't have to worry about looking for that first aid kit because the properties in petroleum jelly definitely are a blessing for those cuts and those bruises and those scrapes. Okay? Okay. Wow. Check this out. And this is something that I had no idea. It helps to bring your fevers down. Wow. Okay? Wow. They say that it's not a cure, but it can be great when it comes to reducing the fever. By pouring it out of you Yeah, the fever The fever, not Vaseline Alright They say stick your jaw into the freezer For 10 or 15 minutes And um, They say just Dab on your wrist Or a little on your forehead Okay righty. So it's cold Vaseline five or ten minutes in the freezer, and then just put a little bit on your wrist or a little bit on your forehead, and they say that um you can see uh, that fever come down, alrighty? Alright, there's many, 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 I'm looking here, many uses for Vaseline, but I'm only going to discuss the healthy ones, Okay. Mm-hmm. They say that Vaseline is good for your skin. It really is. And we're not talking about how mama used to use it, how she'd be shining. We're talking about just taking a little bit and putting it on your skin. And, you know, it'll help to uh, give you a little glow. Okay. Well, what about your damaged scalp? Wow, yes. They're saying that uh, you have an itchy or irritated scalp or sunburn or dry skin or allergies. Mm. Don't despair. They say taking and adding a little Vaseline to your dry skin. Is one of the best uses, and they used to do this old school. And they say, even if there's hair where you need to put it, it won't do any damage. Remember, now we're not taking no whole guap and putting it on there. They say, leave it off for about a half hour and then wash it out. Okay? They say the area where you spread it will be soothed and moisturized. Okay? All right, I used to have a um, an older aunt who used to always say Vaseline was the best thing for your scalp. Mm-mm-mm, boy. Okay. Hmm, what else? What other health? Um. Okay, well, here's one. They say it helps you to get rid of your makeup. A lot easier yes removing your makeup okay so I'm using this as a health tip because you know we can use those harsh abrasive things on our skin but good old Vaseline they say will do the job they say just take a little bit and put it on a cotton pad and wipe that makeup off okay all righty. Well, and I used to do this one. This one here came from my healthy... Pro- what was that? remembers the name. Um, uh, properties. Well, some of my remedies. And I did use Vaseline. Yes, as a lip balm. Yep, I used to make some... I made body balm and lip balm and Vaseline was one of the main... Thank you, Shantese.
2: Healing
3: properties. Healing properties. And the lip balm and the body balm, that was one of the main components. Vaseline. Okay. So, they say that uh, you can definitely use uh, Vaseline on your lips. And it will definitely, you know, do your lips some. from the sun and tons and tons and tons and tons of benefits. But oh here's what they say about your split ends. Wow, for those of you who have that issue, they say that a couple of times a week, grab some Vaseline and work it into the ends of your hair gently. Don't again, we're not doing what mama used to do. Not using a guap just a little bit, and rub it in again a couple of times a week. And they say, do this, comb your hair out, and it will help with your split ends just a little bit, just a little bit, okay? Hmm. Let's see if I can grab another one before we head on out here. Well, for those of you who have pets, they say that Vaseline can relieve your dry pet pores. Yes. Okay. So they say after the dog goes for a walk, you bring it home, wipe his or her pores down, and uh, put a little bit of petroleum jelly on it. Okay. Hmm. What else are they saying? Oh, they saying use the uh the Vaseline when you are washing the baby's hair. Okay? And that way it won't the, the shampoo won't go in the baby's eyes. Yeah, well it makes sense to keep it from dripping all over the place. They say also you can help heal the skin on your feet from being dry. Okay, You know, for those who have those real rough heels, yes, they say, go back. Go back to that exfoliate with the sea salt, Vaseline, sea salt, scrub. And first of all, that will help it from being so dry. And then afterwards, after you rinse really well, soap it up, lather it up, rinse that up. Then you're going to take a little bit and put it on your, the heels of your feet. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I've heard this a long time ago. Sleep with this, like socks on your feet afterwards. Yes. Yes. Put some socks on your feet. And man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. They say watch your feet come to a wonderful, wonderful, hmm, nice little healing property. Okay. All right, what else? I got a couple of minutes. Oh, they said something about it gets, you know, brings down your allergy symptoms. Now I got to see what allergy they're talking about. They're saying, oh, regular allergies. They say take and apply a little bit of Vaseline inside your nostrils before leaving the house, and it will act as a Protective barrier between you and pollen. Wow. I, huh, a lot of you need to try that. A lot of you need to try that, especially those who are really um, allergy sufferers. Mm. Wow. Up oh, for those who are locking your hair. That's a different lock. Okay. That don't don't talk about past stuff don't talk about past step shut up shut up shut up don't talk about past step but they do say that vaseline is great to protect your uh, skin not only against sunburn like we talked about a minute ago but wind burn yes when you're out in the cold yes they say take and put a little bit on your skin and it will help to protect you from getting that wind chill burn Okay. So those are just a few just a few of our Vaseline usages. Okay, for your health. Like I said, I just got finishing a ton of uses for Vaseline, but those are just a few that we can use to help our skin. Okay? Wow! Good morning, good morning, and good morning again to you. And we are shaking the Monday morning blues together. And what better way than with the relationship clinic, right? The relationship clinic is one of the favored uh, segments of the week, and this week. We have a wonderful couple on with us, and like I said a little earlier, long
2: time overdue,
3: my goodness gracious, we've been talking about this for a couple of years, but, you know, better late than never, and I'm so excited to not only have them on, but to reconnect with them, because they've kind of relocated, and uh, it was wonderful to just chat and catch up on a couple of things. So let us waste no more time and say good morning to the Ferrars. Ah, uh, let's say good morning. good morning. Good morning. Good morning.
1: Good
2: morning. Good
3: morning. So we have uh Mr. and Mrs. Dennis and Yvette Farrar with us this morning. Welcome to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph and to the Relationship Clinic. So why don't you just tell us who the
2: Farrars are?
1: (laughs) Well, first we want to say thank you for inviting us, and thank you for, I'm I'm certainly grateful that we've been able to find the time to finally join and and be a part of this wonderful uh, ministry and wonderful uh, segment of your show. Um, Amen. I guess we (laughs) we can definitely... uh, um, I guess call ourselves just a uh, um, we're just servants of God. We're just people who are uh, who like to love, who like to laugh, who like to enjoy um, one another's company. Our friends, our family. We worship, we pray. We are um, we are sold out on our faith, um, unapologetically um, right. uh, believers of, of Jesus Christ and. We definitely do all that we can to exemplify that in all aspects of life It ain't always easy um, but uh, it's always uh, beneficial it's always been joyful it's always been um, the backbone of our relationship it's been it, it was always the forefront of who we are we, we're, we're first believers and then we're Dennis and you and then we're moms and dads and and wives and and all of those things.
2: Amen.
3: Amen. Well, Mrs. Farrar, what you got to say over there as to who the Farrars are?
4: So he, he gave a general overview on our spirituality. I'll talk about who we are professionally. Uh, okay. Dennis is into leadership. God has called him into that role now. He recently just finished, and let me let me brag for him, he recently just finished a course um, certification in leadership and made the dean's list. Amen. 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 Come on. Um, and we'll get into that more when we talk about Through My Eyes um, because I had to kind of push him because I knew he could do it, and then he makes the dean list. Um, But that that we'll talk about later. Um, (laughs) I am a doula, um, a birth doula, a postpartum doula. I care for mothers and babies through the laboring process, through the birthing process, and afterwards. I'm a nurturer at heart, and I believe that my gift to love on people has made room for me and, and continues to, and this is taking us on a whole complete journey in ministry. We are growing in, in ministry, both, you know, transitioning from church to also the secular world, transitioning that ministry outside of the four walls and into the, into the streets, and we're, we're loving the journey that God has us on.
3: Amen. Amen. What a thorough presentation as to who the Ferrars are. Thank you so much. Dennis, and Yvette. Well, congratulations, uh brother Dennis, on your mm-hmm. completion of your uh, you know ministerial and leadership um mm-hmm. course and definitely hitting the Dean's list cuz that show ain't easy. All right. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, the two of you were given an extensive list to choose from. You know, when it came to being this, the, on this relationship clinic tip, and you chose what topic?
0: Through my. Eyes.
3: Through now, now here, okay. So listen, we got to say this the right way. It's through my. my. Yes, through my eyes, which you know when when I was pulling you know pulling this list together, or when God was pulling this list together, you know it was just three simple words, but that emphasis on my eyes, when we were talking about a marriage, was real interesting to me, and I want you to tell us. What made you choose that particular topic? Because, boy, there were a whole lot to choose from.
4: So when we were running down the list, there were some catchy topics, and a lot of them were just like, wow. It, made, it, was, it was mind-boggling where it made you kind of think deeper. But that one stood out to us the most because it is the essence and the foundation of our relationship. When we first started to court or date, if you will, we saw things in each other that the other one didn't see, and it wasn't just, um it wasn't only just spiritually. It was also the emotional baggage from your childhood and from your past and trying to get the other one through prayer and through identification to just see yourself through my eyes. Like, Dennis would say to me, I I'm typically, I used to be, let me claim it, I used to be a people pleaser, okay, where... Growing up, I did a lot in my childhood. I was adopted, and my adopted mother had me doing a lot. We had I had five other siblings, and I was always cooking. I was always cleaning. I was always doing the tasks, um, cleaning dentures. I mean, like, just doing everything, and that kind of got me into servitude to where I could not say no. If somebody asked me to do something, even if I was sick, even if it was a detriment to my health, I could not say no. And Dennis would work on me like, I wish you could see yourself through my eyes. You have so much to offer, so much to give, but you are blocking your own self because you need to put Yvette first. And he saw all of this, and I didn't see it. I felt like I was doing the Lord's work. Well, no, this one needs me to do this. This one needs to be it. I'm helping people. You're not going to tell me not to help people, and he is watching me deteriorate. He is watching me get sick and go to the hospital. I could not see it, and he's like, I wish you could see yourself through my eyes, and that was eye-opening, and through our whole relationship, we push each other, we challenge each other to go to the next level by helping each other to see each other through the other one's eyes, and you know, vice versa. Dennis, like I I mentioned earlier, with schooling, he he didn't want to do it. (laughs) And I knew he had the poten- to, uh, potential. He's a great orator. He is. He has a lot of wisdom. Like the analogies he draws to certain things, and he's just like, I'm just Dennis. I'm just doing my thing. I'm just a worshiper. I'm just, you know. And he's so simple, and I'm just like, my gosh, you are, you are a man full of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And this is something you can do. I wish you could see yourself through my eyes. And when we finally start to see each other through the other one's eyes. All oh, the floodgates that start to open up wow yeah. we
1: were um we're by nature in many respects like we're just discerners um and and we have a very sharp uh keen observation observational uh view of everything we 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 tend to analyze in many respects everything that we engage in with one another with uh those in our surroundings. And it's a great asset. It's a great gifting. It's a great thing that God has given us, so that we are uh, we we know how to address certain things. We know how to catch body language, and most people have this ability. But I do believe there's a special gifting that's there that we utilize. And it, 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 but but in many respects, there was always a blind spot when it came to ourselves. We 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 could always you know we we've had friends come and. They tell us a situation, and we could break down that whole situation without them going any further. And they'd be like, "Oh yeah, you're on it exactly. That's what I meant. That's what I was trying to say. That's what I'm this. That's what I'm that." And it was it was such an excellent asset and tool in building relationships with people. But when it came to building our own things, building our own goals, and focusing towards our own dreams, it was it was something that we we had a blind spot for. Recently, she was saying about my education, but even before then, while we were recording i I was big into serving in in music ministry, and I was trying to get gigs and I was trying to play for this church and play for that church and, and all these things and and there was a limitation I would put on myself, both in terms of what I might charge for an event, both in what i would how I would even present my skills to someone who would ask and so when Yvette got involved when she would speak for me or just kind of you know interject she would paint this picture that was filled with so many more colors than than i i would i 'd be a simple black and white picture of what I can do and who I am and what i 'm about, and she would just paint this picture with so many vibrant colors explaining all that I would offer and like she said, it, it took a while for us to really adjust our vision, to really see ourselves through the other other ones' eyes. So this this topic was just so chock full of nuggets that we were just it just stood out amongst the rest. Honestly,
3: wow, wow, interesting, very interesting. I, I'm sure you, even in that that small portion there, you've encouraged other wives and husbands to kind of dig a little deeper if they have not already, mm-hmm. you know, let me search for maybe something that I haven't seen, or maybe I have seen, but I haven't spoken about. So what mm-hmm. I did was I you know, did my little digging, and I found some points where a couple Both man and woman Because I'm going to take it from both sides What they see Possibly Or what they're looking to see In that husband Or that wife So I'm going to start with The wife side Ladies first And she wants to see From her husband um, Commitment Because That can only really really come from what she sees. You know, your commitment, Dennis, could be much different than what commitment looks like through Yvette's eyes. Mm -hmm. Yvette, why don't you just help, you know, other, others who are listening understand what commitment looks like through a wife's eyes?
2: So,
4: um... Uh, it's funny you ask that question. So commitment through a wife's eyes, it's it's kind of twofold. As a wife, when I'm looking for a commitment from my husband, I first want to see that he's committed to God and that mm-hmm. he's able to lead us. When I'm down, like he's able to say, no, we're going to worship, we're going to do this. And not that I don't, of course, I have my own relationship with God. I'm able to fast and I'm able to pray. But I look for that that Godship, that leadership. And I, after that, I want to see that he's committed to his family, and he's committed to being a husband, to being a father, and not and all being a provider as well. But for me personally, I really wanted to see that he was committed to his to his family. Um, for example, there was a time when we just got married, and you know, Dennis was very instrumental in the church, extremely instrumental in the church, and dedicated and as i was as well but coming in i ended up joining his church and he was doing a lot and things there was one thing that rolled around like our anniversary and there was a well there was a church meeting you know like a a, a meeting i was like but it's our anniversary we're going out tonight you can miss a meeting And he's so dedicated to the church and to God and everything else. He's like, you wanted a man dedicated to God. I'm dedicated to God, but I'm like, don't, don't forsake, don't don't forsake us. it, it literally became an issue between us because he didn't see it then. Until the next year rolled around, he was able to say, like, she's not telling me to forsake the church. He's saying there are certain times of the year where I got to still put my marriage first. I got to take care of home before I could do anything with uh, leadership and helping and stuff. In, in the church, and I literally was drawing examples. I'm like, well,
0: Pastor
4: Creighton, and Sister Creighton, they, they going for three days on their anniversary. He ain't up there preaching, you know, and I start getting into the specifics, and Deacon, so-and-so, he ain't, And their anniversary, they going to the Poconos, they ain't up there preaching. And, and, you know, you get, as a woman, you start to get bickering because I'm like, it's my anniversary, you're going to take me out, we're not going to sit in church till 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock for a meeting, but that was just a a small example of what you're looking for, and it wasn't necessarily that, When in retrospect, when we kind of dissected it, it wasn't the whole, I want you to take me out for my anniversary, I wanted to know that I came first, no matter what, that you would still take time out to do, you know, even if it's once a year or anniversary or what, birth, whatever it is that I came first. And in that moment, I didn't realize it. I even felt like I was being selfish. And then afterwards, we kind of dissected and realized, like, it's just working out how to be committed and how to plan better. That's what it was. It was like, hey, I want to show my wife that I'm committed. I want him to show me he's committed. But it all is about planning in advance, okay, my anniversary is coming up, let me give notice that this week I will be able to make whatever instead of on the fly, and that's how you kind of work it out, you still get the commitment, but you kind of work out understanding each other's point of view and how to meet in the middle. All
3: right, all right, nice example, (laughs) nice example, all right, brother Dennis, Mm -hmm. you know, I have that same item is on both lists. So, how does commitment look through a husband's eyes
1: <clears throat> uh, you know just i don't know if I can I, I try to put it as so succinctly as my wife does, but i mean there's there's a a a vision that a husband has for his household or a husband should have. For his household, and there is a uh, an understanding of collaboration that you're looking for as a husband from your wife to make that vision a reality. And it's it's uh, you know as as a man, we're we're macro thinkers, so we're we're always looking at the big picture. Um, but we often, and, and as I've grown, uh, I've learned that. You know the micro thinking is also just as vital to making that big picture a reality. And as I'm witnessing my uh, my my home shape and take form, and recognize that uh, simply having the vision, or simply speaking the vision, and having a meeting and talking about what I want to see, what I'm hoping to establish in the home, was was one thing, but uh, it, it, it required my wife to get on board with me, agree, touch and agree that this is in the best interest of this family, and then see those things manifest throughout our relationship, throughout our lives, throughout our daily lives. So I, I would say that as a husband, if I'm looking for um, examples of commitment from my wife, the first thing I'm going to look for is that agreement um, in the vision that uh, I've established for the home that, that, you know, a trust that this is not designed to harm anyone. This is not designed to withdraw from anyone. This is a, a, this is designed to add, this is designed to multiply. And so the first thing I'm going to look for is that agreement that yes, you are establishing something that's in the best interest of this family. Now, we may not always agree on the how this vision comes out, right? But we have to flesh those things out and that's all great and good. But the first step is that agreement, that, that trust in the vision. So that when it comes down to the, the, the how we're, we're, we're coming at that uh, process from the same from the beginning from the same mindset there's no sense in talking about how we're going to make a vision real if my wife doesn't even believe the vision is worthy right it doesn't even believe that it's valuable that it ha- that it that it will even that it will even uh, succeed um if there's no faith in the in the vision then there's no everything else is tainted and so all of the uh she may end up becoming a naysayer to almost any suggestion i might have for how to make this a reality and so there are times when we, when we have to like back up and like okay hold on hold on we're like I'm, I'm giving out these ideas i'm giving these suggestions and i'm just getting no that's not gonna work it's not gonna work
2: it's not gonna work it's not gonna work but right.
1: okay so let's back up here what is it that we don't even agree that this is something we want or this is something we should have or, or what? And once we get to the root and we get to the a point where we're saying, no, no I do agree. Um, it's just I don't see it happening in this way. There's give and take after that point. There's compromise after that point. There's a lot that comes after that point. But I, I, the very first thing that just comes to mind is that agreement. There needs to be an agreement um, a sincere agreement that can only come from um knowing your wife how she communicates uh, I think every woman is is different so i I wouldn't say that there's like some specific words you should hear in order to know that she agrees, but knowing your wife, knowing when she's been on board with you before, use that as a barometer to determine has she gotten on board and and if she hasn't right don't necessarily assume that that's her fault. Uh, I, I, I honestly believe as a leader, our job is to inspire. Our, our responsibility is to, is to paint a clear enough picture that somebody wants to be a part of it. And so if there's been contention and there's difference and there's a lack of agreement, then I start with myself and say, did I give my best pitch? Did it come from the best place? Was it the best time to, to address, right? I'm talking about my vision on how we resolve conflict, but I'm doing it in the heat of the moment. Is that the best time to talk about how we should resolve our conflict? Did I give my? Did I, did I really paint the clearest picture for her to get on board? with? Am I doing it when she's in an emotionally good place? Am I doing it when she's... Heated and upset, right? And then, and then when she doesn't agree, I, I've got a problem with her. Like, look. No. So, so there's a lot of things that come come to it all. But, um, I, like I said, I think just to bring it all home, the first and most important thing is that agreement.
2: Amen. 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 Amen.
3: All right. I'm looking at my little list here, and one of the mm-hmm. things I do know. For sure, if a woman wants to see security and future security through, you know, her husband in her husband for her husband, this is what she's seeing through her eyes. How does that look, Uh, my sister Evette? Oh, future security. Future security. Uh,
4: Go ahead. I'm sorry. I cut you off. No, no, no.
3: Yes. Um, Yes. I'm confirming that. Yes.
4: Yeah. So future security for me as a woman, it definitely starts in in courtship and dating and, and when you guys are building and seeing if this is going to lead to marriage. And that security looks like ambition, looking at his drive for providing for himself because that's the big thing. When you look, thinking about being secure, a person has to already be secure in themselves before they can start to secure someone else. You know what I mean? Especially as a man, I need to be able to look at you and say, hey, this man is providing for himself. He's taking care of himself. He's trusting God. He's, you know, doing all the things to secure himself faithfully. He's fasting. He's praying. He's building himself up. So definitely when I'm looking at security and looking at a future, I, I, in the beginning stages, I look at the here and now. How how can I see this in the future? Are you, pro- are you providing for yourself? Are you doing things safely? Because security isn't just financially. Security mm-hmm. is safety as a woman, knowing that when I walk on the street with this man, do I feel safe? Do I feel secure? You know, and it's small gestures. Then it started to help me feel secure when, we, we would go out to dinner or go out go out to see a movie where he'd do this thing where he'd put me on the inside where if we're walking on the street, he'd walk on the outside and he'd always move me over to the inside. I'm like, why does he keep doing it? He's like, <laughs> because cars are here and little things like in a restaurant, he always wants to sit facing the door. So I'll go in and I'll have a seat and he'll make us switch seats because he wants to be able to sit sit to face the door. That way he can see if there's any danger. If in this crazy world, if some crazy person's running in, the, in a restaurant or wherever we are with a gun or something, those little things made me feel secure because they're things I never considered. I was just like, what are you doing? Like, it's the man where we sit. I'm like, babe, come on. He's like, no, I need to face the door. I need to, this is what I do as a man. That literally everything in my mind, as far as feeling secure, um, along with him providing for himself and, and, and having a lot of ambitions, working long hours, and I'm not saying working long hours and crazy hours is the end all be all, but that shows me that you have a bigger goal in mind. I'm trying to marry this woman. I'm trying to build a life with her. I got to work a little longer. I got to, you know, send you a uh, I love you text tonight because I'm working extra. I'm preparing for our future, and that gave me that security. Like, okay, we're we're gonna be all right. Besides the obvious of him being loving God and. And and praying and fasting and doing all those, when I started to see it transition into the the small things, his actions, like I mentioned with the restaurant and on the street, that gave me so much security. I was just like, wow. So when a woman is looking for a man to provide security, it's beyond finances. It's keeping you safe and making you feel like, hey, I don't want to leave home without him. Um, Recently, I, I left the house, and I took myself to the movies by myself. First time ever, 35 going to a movie by myself. And when I say I did not feel secure, I enjoyed the movie. I I enjoyed some me time and and, and thinking, reflecting, me and God time, and just, you know, having my woman moment, like, wow, I have not left the house and left my husband and child and just had uh, uh, some me time. And would you believe I sat in that movie theater not feeling secure? I was the only one in there. I kept thinking somebody's going to come in here and rob me. I kept looking around because I'm always with my safety net. So that was weird for me. I was telling my best friend, I said, I've never gone to the movies by myself. She's like, girl, I did. And the whole time the, the hostess came in, like, ordering popcorn. And he came in, and I, I, I'm jumping up. He's like, you ordered popcorn. And so I, was like, I know, but I do not feel secure right now because I'm Wow. Wow. When you have that for, for, for many years and you transition away from that, I was actually shocked that I had that feeling of not feeling secure and not feeling safe, you know?
3: Wow. You know, it's funny because I'm looking at this list, and I have already chosen um, from my brother Dennis, and you just walked kind of into this area that could be slightly connected. And, Dennis, we're talking about, you know, what you see. And through your eyes, you're looking to see a woman who is, Emotionally balanced. Mm. Perfect segue. Perfect segue, my sister. Perfect segue. What you got for us, Dennis?
1: Emotionally balanced. Um, you know, there's everything. Really comes down to just self acknowledgement and self analysis. Um, I think that when we when we operate in an autopilot pilot type of way, um, allowing everything um, that feels real to simply be real um, that can cause more problems than solve them. And so as a husband, when you're looking for an emotionally balanced woman, you're not necessarily looking for her to just constantly always be even keel or to always have um, emotions in check. It's a it's a matter of recognizing limitations. It's a matter of do I see her? Um, uh, one do I see the, the 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 right steps or tools being utilized to regulate emotions? And but that can't come without first recognizing a need to regulate emotions. And so it's very important to witness to talk about. To experience that self-analysis from your wife on how a certain situation unfolded how what what played a role in it what what past traumas informed it and what steps are going to be taken to improve it and so when we when when we're talking about uh, a fallout we might have had or a difference of opinion that We were going to, what do we call it, um, intense fellowship. Um, Whenever those incidences arise and, you know, not the best things were said or not the best things were done or, or, or not the right perspective was taken, in the moment, obviously, there's not going to be an immediate shift or an immediate change or an immediate realization. Thank God if there are. But that's not always going to happen. So um, of course I'm looking for when things settle, when the dust settles, when time has passed, there is a willingness to recognize, you know what, I I may have seen it this way, but I realize now that wasn't exactly fact or it wasn't exactly the reality. It was it was more of how I felt. And and I've noticed, you know, in the things that happen in those moments, um, is a is, uh, is is a recognition even in those times when we have gotten a little upset with one another, the language that's used, right? And so, um, conversations
2: uh,
1: uh, matured from when we were in our very early courtship stages of you this, you this, you this, you this, you this. There's a lot of use in any. D- d- debate that we might have or, or disagreement we would have But as she began to, to grow and mature And that emotional balance Started to take place and take shape Even in the moments Where she was upset And emotionally uh, on, a, on an emotional high The language began to shift And so it was I feel And I, and, and, and this is how I'm feeling because of this, this is what I'm feeling. And so I could address the feelings, right, without feeling attacked and without feeling as though they're being presented as fact. They're more or less just an emotion. And I need to, and that doesn't make them less valuable. It doesn't mean that, oh, because it's not fact, it's not worth anything. It just simply means that instead of trying to have. As a man, a logical thinker, I'm trying to have some rational discussion with you, <laughs> thinking that you're trying to shape the facts, and you're really just expressing your feelings. And so, there's a different mindset that I can have to approach it when I realize and understand that this is a feeling situation, not a factual one. And so, it, 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 that's that's been the the saving grace in our relationship. It's just that self analysis to recognize when my emotions have taken over, what has, um, what has informed those emotions, what has impacted them, and then what steps I can take. And that definitely can't happen. Uh, it most likely won't happen in the heat of the moment, but you want to see that throughout your relationship. You want to know that those things are taking place. So those conversations need to be had. I, I always appreciate it when those conversations, I especially appreciate it, when those conversations are initiated by her, right? Those that's that's probably one of the most golden nuggets that I I get from uh, from from that uh, in our relationship when it's we're watching a show, we're watching a movie, or we're talking about something else, and she's like, you know what? Hold on, sidebar, right? Listen, this happened a day or two ago, or this this happened, and I was thinking about it, and. I realized I was looking at it like this, and I should have been like this, and I'm sorry if I this, and I, I want to look at it this way, and blah, blah, blah. blah. Those are, like, golden moments um, because it, realized, it it makes me realize that while she's thinking about a lot of things as a woman uh, and as a wife and as a mother, things that are helping the home, she's thinking about herself as well. And what helps our relationship is when she thinks about those things and shares them with me of her own volition without pressing without forcing, without tugging and pulling.
3: Wow. Amen. You two are not leaving me very much to say. Wow. And that was <laughs> right. a rare moment. <laughs> oh, this is this. <laughs> uh, that. In. <laughs> oh, this is, no, no. This, tr- listen, trust me, when I can I will. But it, it, it's it's really a very thorough Response to, and I'm not saying other couples haven't been thorough, but it's it's I'm I'm just listening, and I'm like, wow, okay, I don't even know what to say here. <laughs> so you're doing a fine job, relaying, um, your expressions, and I, I really think, it's important because you're one of the younger, um, couples that I've mm-hmm. had, on here. And what you're bringing to the table doesn't sound like you know someone who's on the younger end, you know. So it's it, it's a pleasure to to listen to all that you're saying, and it's really important because you're expressing what you see. And I think the communication between couples they don't do a lot of that, you know. They may do a lot of talking, but mm-hmm. the way they things it comes across differently and and this mm-hmm. is this is a very good moment um, in my opinion I've been doing this segment for three years and this is wow. really this is really some good stuff here good stuff again kind of segue into you know my sister Yvette's um, area and she's looking for a man who's really mm, concerned about self-care, you know, and this is big. This is big because we had a segment on where we spoke to the men and we talked about why they don't take better care of themselves and, you know, why don't go to the doctor and why you don't do this and why you don't do that. And a lot of times men are in such a mode of caring for the family and caring for the wife and making sure, you know, mm-hmm. the the, uh, the the bills are paid and all of this. And they'll take care of themselves. And women, on the other hand, are pretty much the very opposite. So it's really important that we discuss this this. Component today about how a woman yeah. and a wife sees um, how how that self care comes across
2: yeah.
3: through her eyes.
4: Oh, okay. <laughs> that's that, that's a big
3: topic. <laughs> um,
0: yes, it is. So,
4: it's it's a big topic for us. Um, let me take it back to the beginning when when we first got together he was big into self-care uh he could probably tell this story a little better but since i my view on self-care I'll, I'll give you my synopsis of it when he first thought before he reached out to me he went on a a fast a 30-day fast on social media and as well as a fitness journey you know he said he woke up one day looked in the mirror it's like god's not gonna give me the wife look at me you know so okay he said he went on uh, he went on a journey and i think he lost about 30 pounds And after he lost the 30 pounds, he fasted from social media. The day he got back on social media, he messaged me. He's like, I'm ready now. Look at me, you know? Wow. Um, And he was really, really into self-care then, and and he was fit, and I'm doing insanity, and even when we started dating, I was making him meals and and making him shakes, and and he's picking them up, and, and very into his health, very into fitness, and that's attractive, to me and most women like they love a man that's into self-care now as the years got on grew on he did get comfortable okay and I would mention it and it's it's little things because I like to take care of my husband I like to like I love to dress up I love to look nice and those are things that I would say to him like hey I can't put on this nice dress and these heels and you think we going out with you in those jeans. Go put on some slacks. You know, little things like mm-hmm. that. And I started to, I took on that um, that role or that that responsibility, rather, where I started buying all his clothes. I started buying his shirts. I started buying his ties. And a part of me definitely appreciated it. But then a part of me kind of wanted him to do it. I wanted him to be taken interest in it. And then I realized I may have handicapped him in a sense where, that's all I've done is bought his shirts and bought his ties and dressed him and showed him what to wear. And after a while, I got exhausted, but I set a precedent. Precedent. And after a while, I'm like, why? Why don't you do this? Why don't you care about how you look? Why don't you care about how you dress? And then one day, he bought a shirt for himself. And I'm like, where did it live? And this recently happened. And I saw it in the closet. I said, where does this come from? He said, I bought it. Like, Pastor I, Stephanie, so I, I almost fell out. I said, you what? You bought yourself a shirt? And I'm looking at it, I'm like, it's the right size and it it looked nice. He put himself together and I was it was it was attractive to me. It does it did something for me because I got I got tired of doing it and I'm like, Well, I want you to care about how you look. I want you to take care of yourself and although I appreciate doing it for you, I wanna see that you care about yourself. I wanna see that you love yourself enough, you know, and it's not just dressing, that's that's um materialistic all your health he does have a health condition and most of the time as women where you know and it doesn't it, just as a woman married or not even being single or whatever you tend to pay attention to the details and everything so when he's going to the doctors i'm reading his reports i'm telling him what the labs are i'm doing all the research and telling him all those things and in the beginning i felt like he wasn't as invested in it, but as the years went on, he started taking initiative over his own health. He makes his own doctor's appointments. He follows up. Every now and again, I'll remind and, and, and nudge, but he's now more taking an active role in his health. And I, literally, I would get to the point where I would just be like, I'm, you know what, when you get this, I'd say it in my head, the next flare-up, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing it, I'm going to do it, I'm still going to take care of you, I'm still going to be there, but... <laughs> You know, you say those things, yeah, I'm not doing this. You're going to do it. You love him. But I can definitely appreciate that he now takes a, a more active role in his health and caring for himself because that's big for us as women. It, it, you know, it keeps you attracted to your husband, not just in the physical sense, but even emotionally when they are doing things to take care of themselves, their health and, 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 and their outward appearance and stuff like that, it keeps you attracted, you know, and that's, that's key in a relationship, that a man finds the time or does something. If I could give one advice to any man out there, do something out of the ordinary to care for yourself that you've never done before and watch the reaction from your wife. If that's wow. What that, be, that I'll give out. Something you've never done to take care of yourself before, do it and see the reaction from your wife and then thank me later. <laughs>
3: Wow, wow, nice challenge, nice challenge, I will add this also, ladies and gentlemen, but especially to the men, nobody wants a baby, I'm sorry, listen, I got married, we're having kids, I don't want a baby, I want to love you, you know, that's the way a woman sees it, she wants to love you, you know, in a certain manner, and she doesn't, you know, she doesn't mind caring for you, but nobody wants another child. And ladies, ladies, I'm going to interject this right before I go to my brother Dennis. Please think about the boys that you're raising. Mm. Please, please. the, the, The women who cannot let go of their sons and let them and teach them to do things for themselves, this is what breeds those men. I always say, little messes become Big messes. So listen to what our sister Yvette is saying and, you know, think about it from that end. Who are you raising? What, what woman is going to want him when he can't do anything for himself, when he doesn't even care about himself? You know, nobody wants to take care of a person who doesn't care about themselves. Which now brings us, thank you for allowing me to say that, which uh, takes me into our next point for my brother Dennis, you know, men, you know, they're looking for certain components in their wives. And one of the things Mm -hmm. that comes on this, that's on this list, rather, um, he's looking for an attractive spouse. Now, that's that's pretty broad, but Dennis, how does that come across for you through your eyes, that attractive spouse? What does she look like?
1: Right, right. Well, um, uh, as you said, that's a very broad topic, so I'll I'll try to hit it in a broad way. Um, There's, there's the actual. There's, there's obviously the component of the design of man being physical, um, being being uh, physically attracted to things, being visually focused um, and, and attracted through the eyes. Um, and so uh, we all may have our specific preferences, but obviously there's a physical component that's involved when it comes to attraction um, but i i would I would also of course talk about the attraction that exists spiritually, the attraction that exists emotionally um I, I tell people this all the time one of the earliest signs of of um attraction to Yvette was was this point we had um had promised to go out with some friends um very uh like weeks in advance and we didn't want to call we didn't want to call out but it was it was a it was an uh, uh off pay week if we will okay so it it was payday was last week and <laughs> and this 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 event was coming up and so Funds were short, we had promised to go out It was a pretty um, important event So we didn't want to cancel And um, and as we were preparing to, to go I, I told her, you know, listen, funds are short Listen, you get yourself something I'm probably just going to get, you know, a water or whatever And uh, And she was like, okay But as we were pulling into the the parking lot of the location, she gave me her card and was like, listen, I can cover tonight, but you you pay with my card. Um, So before we ever walked in the building without any attempt to shame or to, or without making it a big deal, right? It wasn't even like she had this long drawn out conversation and, and it was like just trying to, Put an exclamation point on this this offering that was being given. It was like, no, I know it, funds are short. I can cover it, but I'm not going to have you out here looking like you can't. And so without requests, without asking, just taking that um, extra step was a huge, huge. And I told her, you know, you have no idea like how big that moment was without Provocation we didn't have to have a conversation About that right I, that's a part Of my vision right to, to Be supportive no matter what And and it was coming Through without without A conversation and so That supportiveness Is going to be extremely Attractive um, When 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 uh, you're looking at your wife You're looking at your spouse you, you Knowing that in the Eyes of the world she is always going to present you as solid. She's always going to present you as the rock, as the head, as the focus, and, and, and will not uh, sabotage you, will not um, uh, badmouth you, will not paint a picture of inadequacy
2: to the world.
1: And it will, regardless of what issues might be going on behind closed doors Regardless of our circumstances And what I might have even done to create the circumstances As far as our engagement with the world as a married couple We're always one We're always united And so that was a huge thing And then um, her spiritual prowess Uh, I told her all the time, you know, unfortunately due to her upbringing, uh, there was a lot of shaming and a lot of uh, negative uh, beating down when her spiritual prowess would uh, manifest, when the giftings God gave her would start to show. There would be jealousy rising up in the eyes of all those around her who claimed to love her. There were so many people who would operate out of that jealousy. And it created a, 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 you know, it it helped to shape a withdrawing from those things. And so I was extremely, I think it helped to encourage her to come out of her shell more and to allow God to use her more when I celebrated that strength, that spiritual strength, when she connected with God and and the move of His Spirit um, in in worship, in her engagement with others, in her ministry, when I celebrated those things and showed her, like I I never loved you more than I love you right now as you're you're you know prophesying, and you're praying, and you're you're worshiping, like you don't understand what that does for me as a man to know that my household is is being Shaped and formed from the foundation up, and so that was another uh, uh, key point of what was attracting me to her 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 spiritual prowess, her fire that existed um, and, 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 and came up every once in a while, but now is a lot more flowing, a lot more free, a lot more and she gives herself license. To be used by God more frequently now than she did when we were together, and um, and like I said, that was those are just three main areas: attractive physically, um, always fit, always health conscious. Uh, um, her supportiveness was an always attractive thing, and her spiritual prowess was was all you know a, a trifecta that just could not be ignored. <laughs>
3: Nice, nice, nice I like that presentation Um, I'm enjoying this I'm enjoying this We have time for one more For each of you And my sister, Yvette This is the one that I just looked at And I really, really would love for you I think you're going to do a fantastic job with this one Through your eyes What do you see when you see a vulnerable man? A vulnerable
4: husband. Oh, don't do that
3: to me. You're gonna make me
4: cry. Um <laughs> So um, I think I can speak for most women, you know. Um a man that is vulnerable, um, not just to your wife, but to God, um, I see submission to the Lord. When a man is vulnerable I see complete submission and now we all know the word says wives, submit yourself to your husband and, and, and we have no problem with that. But there is just something about when a man is in submission to God and it it, it only starts with vulnerability, you know. When Dennis was seeking to draw closer to God spiritually, um, he the, the, the man can fast, okay? He fasted and I I I was Taking it back, he did a forty-day water fast, something I have and probably will never <laughs> be able to do. I did forty days water fast, only water for forty days. I mean, the, the last three days I almost drove him to the hospital because I was nervous. Wow! Um, he 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 held out, and and God showed up after that fast for him. But um, just taking it back and staying on topic here. Um, Seeing a man that is vulnerable, it it shows submission to God, but it, it's also, as you talk to him about attraction, it is so attractive. He was on a, a journey where he was trying to, you know, the Word talks about being baptized and being filled with the Holy Spirit, and he, at one point, years ago, many, many years ago, felt like he had not been baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's what he felt in himself. And when I say Dennis has a reputation that precedes him, and that's that Dennis doesn't cry. When I first started dating him, joining his church, left my church, everybody, oh, he don't cry. Dennis does not cry. Dennis does not cry. Um, you know, his mom passed away, and everyone would say his, at his mom's funeral, he didn't cry, and that's what everyone was just kind of shocked about, like he was wiping everyone else's tears. Nine years old boy, mom passed away, he's wiping tears at the funeral. And for me, I looked at it totally different. I'm like, he he needs to let that go he needs to he needs to release so to speak you know what i mean and there was one day he was upstairs in his dad's bedroom on his face crying out to god the first time in his life as an adult and i mean it 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 did something to my heart it did something to my spirit and it wasn't a yay dennis is crying it was like you are finally submitting to God, all those things from your childhood, the losing your mother, all of it. In this moment where God is baptizing you by the Holy Spirit and doing all those things, you are giving everything to God. And when I tell you he was able to lead better, he was able to provide better, he was able to do so many more things better when he got vulnerable with God. The, the lack of crying, you know, was, was almost praised in a sense, but it was like, no. This isn't good. There were some people like it wasn't good, but I for one was like, no, that's not good. He needs to get vulnerable with God. He needs to break. He needs to give him something. And when he that man, this man got vulnerable with God, he it changed him and it changed me. It changed it. It had me open up another chamber in my heart. You know, got all four chambers. I think I, I think I gave him three at that point. I opened up the fourth one <laughs> at that point. My heart was just like wow that vulnerability to, to, to God and letting go and giving it to God was just, it was, it was a sight to behold. It was beautiful. You know how we are. We, it's beautiful when somebody is worshiping and giving, giving their all to God. And um, he's given that testimony of in that moment that grown men worshiping, being filled, also being healed from losing his mother, you know, and I think he said the Lord said to him in that moment, Cry for your mother and then let her go. He cried for his mother at thirty thirty years old, maybe so thirty plus years old, and, and let her go. So that vulnerability definitely is attractive, also for a wife, for for a woman, because it's so submission to God, and that that's amazing. And also when he's vulnerable with me, like you know, you can be macho at church and on the streets and at work, but with me getting personal and being able to sit and and express his deepest thoughts, his deepest fears, his deepest desires, it makes me love you even more. It makes me want to help alleviate some of those thoughts and stresses and desires. It makes me want to be a better helpmate when you're vulnerable enough to share with me what you're struggling with. So definitely having a man be vulnerable with his wife and being vulnerable with God, it opens up other doors in your relationship, and it also opens up other doors in your relationship with God
3: amen 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 I have one more for you and I was kind of toggling but I really think this is important because you to have touched on you've crossed over my list here you know (laughs) no that's a good thing that's a good thing because then I can get down to something Mm -hmm. like this where it's, it's vital it's vital and I really think that again that you'll make, uh, you, you know, you will make a great presentation. Through your eyes, you want to see, they call it recreational companionship. And I think mm-hmm. this is really important for, for wives to hear because I don't think they understand how important this component is. What do you have for
1: us? So uh, I, I will say, first and foremost, I I, I don't have that problem. Uh, uh my wife um probably more so than I. I mean we we, we pretty ma- we match each other's energy in, in, in a lot of ways when it comes to recreation. Um I think that as a as a husband, you know, you you wanna know that you wanna see your wife um engage in in fun. Um a, a fun in the non traditional sense, fun in the unexpected and even in the spontaneous. Um, it keeps it keeps things fresh. Um, it, it shakes things up. Um, it breaks up the monotony of routine because as a marriage, uh things can very easily and quickly become routine. Um, from the way you prepare to go to work to the way you decompress after work to your weekends, everything can kind of fall into uh, a bit of a rut or or just a routine. And so that spontaneity and that um, recreation, you want to see a a desire to be engaged in things that are fun. Um, and, and, And that's things that are new. That's things that are um, find the fun and the funny in, in circumstances, situations, um, whether those situations are serious by nature or not, being able to look back and talk about it in, in, a, in a way that engages laughter um, is always um, a, a, a wonderful thing. And so uh, you also want to see uh, an engagement in recreation, for, for her right to see her prioritize recreation for herself um you you don't want to to be the only one who comes up with the the date idea or the only one who who um, is is uh, come, who who brings the fun to the table you want that you want to be able to witness her uh you know suggest something fun and, and enjoyment that she uh, would like to engage in, that you may not be on the same page, with, but, but because she enjoyed it, you'll go. Um, and then you also want to be, uh, you want to see her let you know, listen, I, I, I there's something I really want to do. You're probably not even into it, but even if you are, I still want to do it by myself, um, and that's something that I'd never take away from her. You know, I, in many cases, I encourage her to listen. Do something that that brings a smile to your face, and and I will support it. If that means I stay home with with, with my daughter and you go out with your girlfriends or by yourself or whatever, do it. You know, um, you you just want to see it prioritized because in so many areas of life you've got. So many of important things to do. Just like you guys were saying about men taking care of themselves, we want to see the same thing on the other end. We want to see our wives take care of themselves, enjoy life, and not find it just a list of things to do. You don't want to just live your life as a list of things to do. You want to actually live your life. And so that's what I would say as a husband I want to see from my wife.
3: Amen, amen. Oh my goodness. You know, this was long worth the wait. Oh, this has been fantastic. I want you to know that your New York support is is kicking I got to tell you, you know, the, the the my phone line is loaded with your your support, your listeners. So I'll even want to know what the internet side is is carrying. I can't see that, and I'll never know. But I will share with you that your New York support is is definitely. They have loaded the phone line here, so know that you are loved, and whatever you we told people, however you York. told people, whatever you told. <laughs> What'd you say? Yeah. I said, we
4: love New York. We miss New York. So I, I was literally in tears the other day. i miss New York. And, and not the city, the people, the family, the friends, yeah.
3: all of that. So
2: they, have shown support.
3: They, they have definitely shown support today. I am so proud of the two of you. Um, this has been a wonderful segment. I think you have definitely blessed God's people today with your presentation, with your thoughts through my eyes. I can't thank you enough. You're up early. You know, you're you're yeah. you're behind us. So even that <laughs> in and of itself, that commitment is is really appreciated. And we gotta have you back on. We gotta have you back on. And
2: next time hopefully it
3: won't be three years. But, again, right. long, it was worth the wait. It was worth the wait. We pray that you have a blessed day. We will stay in touch and uh, yes. continue to give God the glory in your marriage.
2: Always.
4: And thank you thank so much you for you having us. Much. You're yes. doing
3: great with this ministry. Yes, Please
1: keep
4: it
2: going. Amen. For sure.
3: Amen. Thank you so much for that compliment. And, again, we will talk soon, God's spirit, and we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you. you you as well. We'll hang on for Shanties.
4: I think she's up. Thank you. Wow.
3: Shantice, you got some support coming. All right. Well, it's the top of our Monday morning. You know, I always say it the back way. It's at the top of our Monday morning. And we could not close the morning without our switch tip with Shantice. Let's say good morning to Shantice. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? How are you? I am well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. How did you enjoy Through My Eyes, the farahs? I really presence? enjoyed it. I I loved it. I loved the breakdown each day, getting to hear the perspective from the wife and the perspective from the husband. I really enjoyed it. It really had me self you know, analyzing. You
2: know my wife yet. Uh, listen.
3: And it starts here. It starts here. People used to always say right. to me, you know, when I did the segment with the wives, and they used to say, Well, I don't wanna listen because, you know, it's for the wives. I was like, Are you kidding me? How will you ever become right. a godly wife if mm-hmm. you don't hear from the godly people about how it's done mm-hmm. and how it be mm-hmm. done? So it's time to start now. This is the perfect time to listen. So I have to right. ask you, what you, got? what you got for us today? Today I got the switch with Chanté, where we make the switch from the streets to our godly seat. And I had to pull up two verses that I studied last week because intense is not even the word. I have time to look up that definition, but I had time to look up more of definition. I have to make sure I share it with y'all. But James 1.14 in the New King James Version reads, But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. The definition for tempt is convince or attempt to convince to do or acquire something that they find attractive but know to be wrong or not beneficial. Definition for desire. A strong feeling, worthy or unworthy, that drives someone to the goal of having something that is, in reality or imagination, within reach. Definition for entice. Attract or convince by offering pleasure or advantage. I have two definitions for this one because I couldn't choose which one. They were both powerful. So the first one for entice is attract or convince by offering pleasure or advantage. Second definition for entice is extremely attractive and makes you want to get it or to become involved with it. So when you break that verse down, this James 1.14 verse down, including the definition of these three words. But each one is convinced to have something they're attracted to that they know is wrong when he is drawn by his own strong feelings that drive him to have it and becomes involved with it. James 1.15, New Living Translation reads, These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to sin. So I switch to 145 is don't take what the enemy is offering. All the enemy does is offer the opportunity to sin. So this backs up when God tells us enemy can't make us do anything. All he can do is influence. He is very strategic. He is very crafty. He just falls back and he sits. And he listened. So for those who have not given their lives yet, or for those of us who have given our lives, but we still tiptoeing, and, and we how, how does it? There's one verse in, in the message version where it reads, "Quit, quit dabbling and sin, quit playing the field." So while we're doing things we know we have no business doing, and it doesn't quite seem like God is snagging us yet, and it seems like God is quiet. You need to really be on alert and be be scared because guess who else is quiet but paying attention to what we're doing? The devil. He's sitting back and he's watching. Okay, I see he or she likes to do that. I see he or she likes to say that. So now he's studying you so that he knows exactly what he needs to do to trip you up, what he needs to offer you so that you take the opportunity to sin and you can apply this to anything you have a desire for that you know you should not be desiring. And what this also brought to my attention is if I'm able to be enticed if the if the enemy is able to wait, wait, let's go back to the definition. If he's able to attract or convince me to do something by offering pleasure or the advantage or if he's able to make something look extremely attractive to me so that I become involved with it, that means that I'm already desiring it. So he didn't introduce me to anything new, because I ain't got no desire to smoke crack. I don't have a desire to have sex with no animals. I don't have a desire. No, I do have a desire. to slap people sometimes. I don't have a desire to do a lot of crazy things that other people do or other people have done. I don't have a desire to mess with little kids. I don't have a desire to, to rob no banks. So the enemy can't try to trip me up to do those things. But there's some other things now that he can try to dangle in my face. And I may have to go back to God sometimes because I, I do it periodically. I go back and I'm well, a little more often than a lot of people like to admit. I'll go back to God and say, okay, please remind me real quick why I'm not supposed to be doing this. Why, why, why you said again? Okay, thank you. Thank you for that reminder. Because the enemy already knows that these are things that I may still want to do. So stop trying to put things on the devil because before you have to go to God about what he's trying to do to you, you have to go to God about what's already on your heart to do. Okay? Ephesians 5, 16 through 17, Living translation reads, make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. Don't live carelessly, unthinkingly. Make sure you understand what the master wants. And I've had the prayer I've been saying for a few years now, God, please allow your desires to be my desires. But after reading these two verses and getting the breakdown of these definitions, as of the other night, it has really been, Lord, please make your desires my desires. Because, God, you keep telling me, remember the six, where God says be honest with him. You are really teaching me how to be honest with you. And I'm being honest. There's still some things that I want that I ain't got no business wanting. Or maybe right now, this is not the time for me to want them, so I'm not in alignment with your word. I'm not in alignment with the way I need to be obedient, so on and so forth. So we really have to make sure that it's quick it's so easy because you don't have to think about taking the enemy up on his offering. It takes a lot more thought to say no to him and be reminded as to why God is saying, this is why you need to be saying yes to me and take what I am offering you so let's make sure we're making a conscious decision of making a switch, of taking what the enemy is offering and making sure that we're not falling within these desperate times, not thinking and living carelessly, and making sure that we are understanding what the master, God should be your master, what he wants so that you are not being tempted, so that you are not being enticed to go with the strong feelings that you have that is not in alignment with the will God has for your life. Thank you, Pastor Steph. Thank you, Shanti. Thank you for those words of wisdom. Don't accept what the enemy has to offer. Am I saying this correctly? Yeah, don't take what the enemy is offering. Thank you. Don't take what the enemy is offering. Thank you so much, and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you, you too. Thank you, thank you. Let's get that benediction in. Before we go any further, may the peace of God, which surpasses All understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 7. Ooh, we've had a lot of food this morning. And i got to tell you, you know, really, really, really a wonderful, wonderful presentation. And as I'm looking at the time here, it's a little earlier than I thought so. Let's take this time to go before the Lord and hold hands and hold heart. Heavenly Father God we come before you and we thank you we thank you for being so loving we thank you for being so kind we thank you for being our all in all we thank you God for being our Alpha Omega our beginning and our end thank you dear Heavenly Father for the presentations that were made this morning dear God thank you for your words of wisdom that have come through, our brother and our sisters this morning, the Heavenly Father, God, we look to you, for whence cometh our help, and we're grateful to Heavenly Father that no matter when we need you, no matter when we try to uh, uh, come before you, God, it, it's 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 never ending. And you're always there. We don't have to wait in line, God. We don't have to wonder what you're doing. We don't have to worry about if you're working on someone else's situation, God. We're just just so blessed because you never sleep nor slumber, dear Heavenly Father. And, Lord, as we talked about through the eyes of a husband and wife this morning, God, let us remember That you're always looking at us through your eyes. And ultimately, it's through your eyes that really matter. Oh, that's the key. We're grateful to Heavenly Father that we're reminded of that this morning. That you never sleep nor slumber. And that you're always watching, as Shanti said, you're just sitting back in the cut. just watching. Just observing, just assessing. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we're grateful for all the times that you tap us on the shoulder. As I always say, God, thank you for snatching me by my collar. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for when the bells and the sirens and the whistles go off, dear Heavenly Father, that you don't want any of us to perish. So you continually just invest in us each and every day. Every day you wake us up is another investment, and we thank you, God. We thank you for this broadcast, and we thank you for everyone that you send, God, as you always send the very best. Thank you so much for alerting us to the things that we need to do, the things that we should pay attention to, the things that we need to stay away from. Thank you. And thank you God for always 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 keeping your finger on the pulse of our lives. We thank you for the attention you pay to us. Mm-hmm. That we're always under your watchful eye and how you protect us and keep us in your ark of safety, in your barrier of protection. For the times when you heal us and we don't even know we're ill. For the times when we should have been dead, but you said no. Thank you, God, for the times when we should have been stung, but you said no. Thank you. How do we say thank you? How do we say thank you? It just seems so trivial, such a small word in comparison to all that you do for us. The times when you say no and we're begging for a yes, but we're not thinking about the fact that you know better. We're not thinking about the fact that we don't really need that thing. And your nose rain. How do we say thank you for you saving us from ourselves? What a mighty God we serve. We thank you for sending your son for such a time as this, when our marriages could be in utter failure, but you just continue to enhance us with your mercy, your grace, your wisdom, your knowledge that we can continue to not just grow, but we can continue to feed others. We can continue to bless others. We love you. We love you because you're you're an always God. You're an all the time God. You're an always there God. <laughs> you're that never failing God. And we cannot fail to give you the glory and honor. So rightly do your name. In the precious name of Jesus, we ask you to bless everyone who tuned in today. Even if they only tuned in for the guest, the Heavenly Father, we pray that they found that this morning was blessed and that it would carry them through the rest of the day, through the rest of the week and Just going forward That there was some nugget that was given today That they can attribute to you And they can know that they were blessed By you In the name of Jesus we pray, amen (sighs) What a morning, what a morning, what a morning I marvel at God Mm -hmm. I marvel at God because no matter where we are, as long as we seek Him, we're always going to get the blessing of His presence. We're always going to be reminded that He's there. And as we listened to the Farrars this morning, you know, they talked a lot about growth, about growth in God. And when you submit your life to the Lord, There's only going to be one thing that happens, and that's growth. You know, Shanti says, don't take what the enemy's offering. Now, that's not her exact words, (laughs) but you get the point. And I don't think we understand how detrimental it is when we lose sight of who God is and what he's promised and what he's offering. I think we don't realize how detrimental it is when we turn away from the things of God to accept the things that are mediocre. Ooh. Ooh. When we take those substandard things to what God has to offer. See, I remember reading that my father is rich in houses and land. Why am I willing to take a cardboard box? Oh, I remember reading that my father is rich in houses and land. Why would I take something that's substandard to what God has presented to me? But i'm looking at something that everyone else has I'm looking at something that the world is doing I'm looking at something that's popular I'm looking at something that 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 everybody's doing and I somehow how do we get there? people of God? How do we get to the fact or to the point when we feel like we're missing out when we're when we're not doing. And when we don't get what everyone else is getting, how do we lose sight of that? When we say we serve this God that has everything to offer us, when we say we serve a God who can provide every need and desire, how do we get here? Where we just look at this world and I've watched people who have claimed to be in the army of the Lord toss it all out because they're looking at what the world is offering, what the world is doing. And somehow that appeal is just, it it, it takes over. How do we feel we bless God like that? How do we feel we're still worthy? Ooh. How do we feel we're still worthy of everything that God has to offer us when we've accepted what the enemy is offering? When have we lost sight that God is every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord? <laughs> that the enemy only comes to kill steal, and destroy. Now, now, put those two on a scale, and please let me know how it works for you. Because, see, I I can only tell you how it works for me, and I can only tell you how I've watched other people throw their lives. I'm, I'm, I'm watching this, and I'm wondering, how do we get here where it doesn't matter anymore? That we're willing to take that chance and give the enemy an opportunity to kill, steal, and destroy. Because, see, he's not coming to mess things up. No, that's too minor for him. He's not coming to disturb things. No, that's way too minor. He's coming to annihilate. Ooh, you have nothing anymore. And I've watched, I've watched this happen, and I'm saying, how do we get here? And we're making these decisions, and at what cost? Do we really think everything will be left intact when we accept what the enemy has to offer? So come on, people of God, let's be smart. Come on, people of God, let's choose wisely. Let's make our call and election sure. Let's not throw back in God's face all that he's offered us. Because let me remind you, before we've said yes, we've already received abundant blessings. Because we could not say yes (laughs) if we had not already received abundant blessings because see that's the only thing that's going to keep our mind intact to be able to say yes to his will and yes to his way this 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 even when we're at our lowest you know somebody sometimes could say you know you got to go down to your lowest before you accept God you ain't at your bottom you got to hit rock bottom well guess what God is so merciful that even rock bottom ain't as bad as it could be Ooh. Whoa. Even rock bottom ain't as bad as it really could be. Because God is not about annihilation when he wants your life. That's only the enemy's goal. So come on, come on. Let's accept what God has to offer. Let's be grateful for all that he has given us. Let's continue to love and to give. As God has given us, let's increase that that, that love that we have for our fellow man. Can we do better? Absolutely. And what we don't understand is when we allow the enemy to take over, when we allow the enemy to influence us, when we allow the enemy to entice us, we stop being... The best for God. And we can't do anything for God's people at that point. You know, are you happy with the 1% that you have to offer? Because I'm not. Are you happy with the 20% that you have to offer? I'm not. Because, see, all I know is God has given Stephanie everything. Everything. Everything I deserve, God has given. And then some. And then some times when he should have said no, he said yes. So how do I not serve this God and make it my life's commitment to go after his people, to tell of his goodness, to disciple as we have been charged to do, to evangelize the way we have been charged to. See, you keep forgetting. You don't need a title to do this thing here. Because God says, go out and disciple. He didn't say only the pastors, only the evangelists, only the this one, only the that one. No, we are all charged to do this. Can you do this under the influence of the enemy? Can you give your best? You know, this mediocre life ain't good enough for me. mm-mm. Because my father is rich in houses and land. And I'm not only talking about money. I'm talking about a quality of life. All these things make a difference. So come on, people of God. Come on, people of God. Let's make that commitment this morning. Let's make this the first day of a brand new walk. Let's make this the first day of saying yes to his bill and yes to his way in, in, in a certain way, in a different way, a way we've never said yes to him before. And watch how your life will change. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. Ah, it's Pastor Steph signing off. And I want to thank the Farahs, Dennis and Yvette, for blessing our lives this morning and helping us see how God sees things. Ooh, yeah. Thank you for hanging out with us today and helping us do what we do. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss the opportunity to strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to us. Until tomorrow, God spares, where it's Let's Talk About It Tuesday, Church Folk Day. Until then, I love you you.